Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. There are thousands of amazing self-help books out there, but what happens when you're struggling at the moment and need help now? Well, my new book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook, is your new go-to self-help book. I wrote it specifically for when you don't know how to overcome a challenge. Each chapter gives you a framework on how to tackle your situation. I help you focus on what already works for you. Your situation today may be different, but the emotions you're currently feeling, you felt them before, and you did something that helped you. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This book is specifically written to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Purchase your book, Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. Once again, purchase Life Lessons, You Are the Experts on Your Life, a workbook on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. My guest today is Chris Jankulowski, who is a founder and CEO of Remote Staff. Remarkably, he was able to build this thriving business while battling cancer, failing kidneys, and several brain operations. Throughout these challenges, Chris was able to transform his life from one of fear, struggle, and self-doubt to empowerment, success, health, and happiness. In today's episode, we talk about his book, Near-Death Lessons, A Dream, A Terminal Illness, and Extraordinary Life, Gained from Eight Near-Death Experiences. This book will help give your life new meaning and give you the tools to live a fulfilled life. Welcome to Lifeology. Awesome. Thanks, James, for having me over. I am really looking forward to this. Uh, you and I had a wonderful talk in the pre-call, so I, I can't wait for you to share all of your lessons. How old were you when you had your first um, illness or sickness that afflicted you? Yeah, look, I mean, I was 16. I had some uh, angiomas in my right eye, and the doctors mm -hmm. were puzzled as to why would you have tumors in your right eye at the age of 16? Mm -hmm. It took him back then uh, uh, three, four years to figure out that I had a hereditary condition. And at the time, uh, they got me to some special uh, medical center to get this advanced DNA genetics blood test done. Mm -hmm. And that's when I found out my hereditary condition. Oh, my goodness. So at 16 years old, here you are living life. All of a sudden, you're diagnosed with something. How did you, at 16 years old, how did you deal with that? Well, I mean, it wasn't at 16 when I got uh, the diagnosis. At, at 16, I was just doing a lot of laser operations to save my eye. I was at risk of going blind. I had so many tumors. And I'd already, my vision had already impaired by about 20, 25%. Oh, okay. And so at the age of 19, when I did go to a specialist doctor to get the mm. diagnosis, that's what was shocking because he was just very blunt. He was just like, look, we've, we've, we've got some good news. We figured out what's causing your tumors. You have this hereditary condition called von Hippel-Linda syndrome. Your parents might have it. Um, and um, we don't know much about it at the moment, back in 1990, whatever it was, 1992, I think. <laughs> uh, but you're going to have cysts and tumors in most of your major organs. In your, you may have cancer right now in your body. Uh, at the moment, the life expectancy is 30 years old. So you're probably oh going to have a short life. Uh, good luck. 
uh, have a good day. Uh, get this. Have a good day. Pretty much. And uh, yeah, like you know, he, I didn't. I wasn't left with any flyers. I wasn't left with any brochures. I wasn't left with any support. Oh my god, James! Chris. I was left on my own. I didn't know what to do. Ugh. And um, I went in my car and cried for two weeks. No one could understand. I tried to mm. share this story, but I felt like my life was already over right there. Of course. And I, yeah, I can't even imagine that to be, to hear this. It's you know the random the randomness of this hereditary disorder or disease, and then people probably wouldn't even get it. It's like, okay, it's fine. You're not understanding the severity of it. But, you know, for three years, you were dealing with all this and all of a sudden you get that information. In that moment, I'm sure there's so much despair. And in that despair, we often just want to give up. But you didn't give up. What was it? Was there anything specifically in that moment that made you breathe, take a next breath and the next breath and the next breath? Actually, I, uh, I, I kind of, I didn't give up, but I, I, there was something that I did that infected uh, impacted the rest of my life for 13 years. And mm-hmm. I ran away from my diagnosis. I re- as a oh. result of running away from my diagnosis, I started running away from all different problems in my life. I had no idea that I was doing that. So when I ran away from my diagnosis and mm-hmm. anything became too hard or anything became uh, challenging too much or what I wasn't worth putting that price in, you know, I was always evaluating well, why bother? Uh, I just kept running away. And for 13 years, I kept doing that until a brain operation at, um, at, uh, in 2005 almost killed me. And that's when I had enough is enough. God, kill me if you want, but I mm-hmm. choose life. I've had enough of living this disempowerment life. I've had enough of running away from all my problems and always being as a side effect of running away from life's problems. I noticed how often doubtful I was, how often insecure mm-hmm. I was, how often, you know, like, I was passive in everything I did. I was playing safe and everything. There was so much byproduct results from running away from life's challenges. I had no idea. And when I had enough is enough and I looked in the sky, the first thing that that was different in me was I took my life problems on. I stopped running away. I said, well, "Well, I'm not getting out of here. I'm not getting out of here alive. So why do I care? Why don't I just go for it? Nothing's stopping me. When you say you run away from your problems, was that more just distractions? Is that what you mean? Everything, yeah. Like this, it, mm. it was me trying things, but I was trying things safely, not going all in. Mm. Uh, I was always afraid to fail. I was always uh, blaming other circumstances and people. It was never my fault. <laughs> you know, mm, I always yeah, thought I that the way that. things are, my view, are the way they are. And honestly, when I got that diagnosis and told I'd be dead by 30, it made me always reevaluate, James, like, well, why should I bother doing a job? Why should I settle a status quo? Mm-hmm. What, is society expecting me to always just survive and be in a job that could just barely pay the bills? Really? Is this what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life? Mm. I don't think so. Yeah. So in that moment, when you looked up to the sky, it says, God, take me now. I choose to live my life. I choose to be the, the CEO of my life. Did you notice a, tra- a transformation within yourself at that time? I did. And what was shocking was, um, I did, uh, it, it was, it, it was, it, it happened in the operating room after, like at the, when they said to me, touch your nose. Okay. Yeah, of course I can touch my nose. What are you talking about? Then I touch the other nose. And then that's when I realized, oh my God, I just had my second chance of life here. Mm. This could have gone wow. horribly wrong. Yes. And, and then, you know, I got wheeled in the hospital and I looked out the window and I could see birds flying. I could see people racing past. And I noticed, 
my insignificance for the first time in my life. I noticed how irrelevant I am in this whole grand scheme of things. Mm. Before that, I thought that the whole world revolved around me. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. So right? Wow. And, and then, so all this scenario happened in front of me, and I realized, seriously, after coming to terms with my mortality, I, it became a self-empowering experience because I noticed that if I don't start living the life I want to live now, I'm never going to get a chance to. Mm. And the moment that distinction happened was the moment I, I went from this clear line of often doubtful, uncertain what I want to do in life, whatever, what, what I want, to mm. all of a sudden no shortage of what I want. I had no shortage of desires, wow. clarities, goals. I went from this to this, like black and white, right away. Wow. At the time of this recording here, how old are you? So right now I am, right now, at, yes. I am 49 right now. 49. Okay. And so they said you would live until you were 30 and at 49, so 19 more years and many more years to come. Every, when you turn 30, congratulations. When you turn 30, how was that for you? I'm sure a lot of craziness and thoughts were clouded your mind. Well, I, first I rented, I, I, I'm born and raised in Australia. And uh, so I live between LA and Sydney at the moment. Uh, okay. And so uh, because I'm starting my American version of my Australian business here. Oh, uh, cool. okay. And the, yeah, and the, uh, I rented an island, actually. It's called Shark Island <laughs> uh, in Sydney <laughs> Harbour. Beautiful. And so I had 120 friends there. I made a big deal out of it. I didn't tell anyone, by the way, but in, in, in me, I, I, I just was super grateful to go, you know what, man, I just got to get on with living now. Yeah. So this all happened before my, my, my brain operation, which was two years later. And when I woke up to my mortality. So before yeah. then, I've, I've always been living in doubts, fears, insecurities, mm -hmm. uncertainties about things, never having clarity with anything, no sense of purpose, no sense of direction with nothing. And then on that island, I, I, I at least at first started forming in my mind to go, you know, I think I just got to get on with living. I've got to stop. Yeah. I've got to stop, you know, like running away from this diagnosis. I've got to, I just got to stop pretending that I didn't receive it. I've got to, you know, let me just embrace living. And so, so I was already going through that transition. And then the mm -hmm. brain operation just put jet fuel on it. Yeah. We'll be right back. Are you an emerging persona or a global organization that isn't getting recognition from the press? Have your marketing and advertisement efforts hit a plateau? Let us help you take your brand to the next level. Red Heifer Media is a full-service boutique public relations agency specializing in health and wellness, tech, real estate, and nonprofit organizations. We can turn your successful company into a reputable brand. Take your first step and visit www.redheifermedia.com. Once again, visit www.redheifermedia.com to take your brand to the next level. Welcome back. I am James Miller. I am the host of Lifeology Radio. I'm currently speaking with Chris Jankulowski. We're talking about his book, Near Death Lessons, A Dream, A Terminal Illness, and Extraordinary Life Gained from Eight Near-Death Experiences. This book will help give your life new meaning and give you the tools to live a fulfilled life. For more information about Chris, please visit neardeathlessons.com. Chris, let's transition into your book, Near-Death Lessons. So obviously, this is a book about your life. Is it a memoir, which then is more turns into a self-help book? Correct. So it all started with this journey where I wrote it for my sons. After my brain operation, the mm. second one, and a tumor burst in my right hemisphere, completely yes. affecting everything on my left side. So mm. this is how my left hand moves, six years of progress. 
and 49 mm. years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after learning how to, after learning how to walk and talk um, for eight months, going mm. through that neurological neuroplasticity experience was fascinating. Mm -hmm. yeah. And while I was doing that, I realized the moment I could sit on a chair because it actually takes energy to sit on the chair. I had to go when I was bed down, I had to do three weeks of rehab just to get off my bed and to be sitting on really? the chair. Three weeks. Wow. I, wow. That's Standing amazing. upright takes energy. So if you're dead, you, you're, you're going to flop. You can't stand upright. And we all take it for granted. So standing yeah. upright requires muscle, requires you to actually. Anyway, mm -hmm. so I couldn't stand, I, I couldn't sit in the chair upright for more than 10 minutes. Can you believe that? And I wow. said, the moment I can, I better share my story because I've had a wild adventure around the world. I've had this crazy diagnosis and I lived this wild life. And I went, went through a transition of living this wild life to a very purposeful, meaningful contribution mm -hmm. serving kind of life. And I wanted my sons to know that. Yeah. But then I didn't want to hate, I didn't want them to hate me from the grave. So I didn't want to give any lessons. I mean, I didn't want to give any advice. I just want to, I want to okay, share my lessons. I want to share my story. Uh -huh. you know? So anyway, yeah. that's how, that's how it happened. But then I went to a resilience consultant. I said, I'm sorry, can you please put a spotlight on how I handle adversity? Because I seem to bounce back every time, wealthier, happier, more driven. Yeah. Can you tell me what I do differently compared to what a more common response is to adversity? So my book is a story wow. and those lessons gained from those many near-death experiences. Many people talk about their experiences, but no one talks about those lessons. Yes. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good point. I know you talk about uh, I, there, what you have like three main steps that you need to have to live a deliberate life. Before we jump into that, what is a deliberate life to you? Because then I want to hear what those three steps are. Sure. Deliberate life for everyone. You must understand if you're not living a deliberate life, you're not living with intention. You're not living with um, uh, what's it called? Um, you're not designing your life pretty much. So mm -hmm. for me, a deliberate life means a life that I'm designing with intention yes. that I've set out ah, to do. Okay. Yeah. That's what a mm -hmm. deliberate life for me means. And so every year, this is how I do it. My steps. Um, I look at the year that was like in 2022. I look at my iPhone and I look at all the photos in January, February, March, mm. every month. And then I note okay. down, I note down the moments that I've taken a photo of something and experience or notice I'm going to look at the photos because our minds uh, really resonate with images if I'd accomplished something or done something that I deliberately set out to do that year, and then I write it down. And, and then I first got to acknowledge before I designed 2023 ahead of me, I first mm -hmm. got to acknowledge what the year that was and then show appreciation that, aha, these are all the elements I didn't do a deliberate lifetime. Or, wow, look, the whole year, I just let it, I just went with the wind. Like, there's nothing mm -hmm. I did deliberately. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So living a life of that, being intentional about that, intentionality uh, obviously creates that deliberate, uh, to be able to be, have a deliberate life. How do you make sure that you're able to do that? Because sometimes people are like, okay, well, I have these goals. And so the goals are due, you know, I want them accomplished by the end of the year. And so the first few months, three months, we just do whatever we want. Like towards the end, like, oh crap, I didn't, <laughs> I gotta go faster, I gotta do it. So how do you do it so every day that's more of something that, that you're able to do? I, I, after the second brain operation, I learned something that was profound because all my friends who came to see me were like, Chris, I've seen you bounce back from a lot of adversities, but man, mm -hmm. I don't know how you're coming back from this one. Like, yeah. I even, 
took me two months to come to terms with the reality that I've had this and that I had to shift my focus to what I can control and what I can do. So for everyone who wants to set out their goals and go live a deliberate life, you got to be okay with making micro, micro baby, baby steps. Mm. Because when I learned how to walk and I had to fire my synapses again and I had zero control, some man had to strap me in, a, in, in this belt, swing my legs mm. bit by bit. I was repeating that motion bit by bit. I was practicing bit by bit, month on month. I kept doing and putting in that work. I learned how to walk. Wow. wow. That's the same with any of our goals. We have, mm-hmm. We've underestimated the fact that our brains take time. Our brains are just patterns, as you know. And mm-hmm. yeah. it takes time to form new new patterns. It takes energy. Mm-hmm. And our brains have this limited amount of energy in the day. We all assume we've got unlimited energy, but we don't. And our brains yeah. need energy to change and transform. So you've got to give that time and repetition, and then you've got to interrupt those patterns every now and then mm-hmm. to finally form those deeper and deeper pathways. So when I had my synapses chopped in both hemisphere and when i when the occupational therapist told me to move a pencil to cover from the left side of the table to the right it knocked me out for 30 minutes mm, when i wow. woke up and i said what the hell why was i i just i, I remember picking up this pencil and then that was it i went blank she goes that's wow. the amount of energy it takes for your brain to form a new synapses connection interesting wow i didn't realize yeah the actually specific time frame of that Wow. And, you know, going back to the whole thing of, you know, the the micro steps, what I always, you know, tell people as well, maybe to piggyback off what you're Mm. saying is essentially Mm. every, every choice, every thought we make, every choice decision we have to make, you just have to focus on that one. Let me focus on this, Mm. this decision I want to make right now. So weight loss, if someone's going to eat something, okay, well, is this go? Is this healthy for me or not? Do I want to eat it or not? When you eat it. So when you have an intentional question and ask yourself that, well, then if you, make a healthy choice. Okay. Well then that's one more. You're moving yourself closer and closer. Research states that on average, it takes 66 times for us to do something for it to become a habit. So you think about a a beach, a beach has a whole bunch of grains of sand. I mean, millions of billions of grains of sand, but I like to liken that to a grain of sand is like a thought. This thought here, if it's a healthier thought, well, then I could put that in my beach. And so the more thoughts I have and decisions I make, I am making up the beach of my life or whatever that landscape may look like. And so it's important to realize that not everything we see is one decision. It's a whole bunch, yeah. just like you're saying, a whole bunch of multiple billions of decisions to make the final outcome that we're looking for. Love it and very much. And to add to that, I want to I want to inform everyone that seriously, <laughs> our knowledge is limited. Our yes. thoughts and perspectives in how we see something like food is limited. We don't really know certain information to make informed better decisions right and so half my battle in transforming my mindset is a journey of recognizing and observing first how i'm interpreting and understanding and seeing something and then how do i go about widening that perspective because Mm. half the time the biggest challenge when i come to understanding and transforming people's lives is their, their their limited perspective or views and they don't understand that there is actually a wider view. There is actually a wider knowledge mm-hmm. on this topic. Yes. Go yes. out and get it. Google it. You'd be yes. surprised. Yeah. 
That's a great thing about now. Like I, I, it's funny when I was a kid, I used to love to read encyclopedias and dictionaries. And so I'm very inquisitive. I'm sure like you. And so now it's great. Just like you said, I can pick up my phone and I can look up anything I want. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, so mm, it was funny. It was last night we were watching something on TV and they're talking about, it was some from um, Great Britain and they said, hospital, let's take you to hospital. And I was like, well, that's interesting. In America, we say the hospital. So I just looked at my phone last night and learned the difference between the hospital and hospital. And I was like, oh, that's really quite fascinating. Anyway, my point is, is that now anytime we're curious, it's so easy to pick up our phone or any, any device and figure things out. So I think that's a great reminder for all of us. If you have a question, get that question answered. And the more information you have, the more successful you'll be in the decisions you want to make. And you'll have better quality sand, uh, sand on your beach. <laughs> better quality. <decision. laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's too funny. So life often has a stay in the comfort zone. It's life is just when there's not tension, it's easy. We can mm. just relax. What are ways in which we can be mindful of living a life that's, that is in the comfort zone and not truly living a fulfilled life? Fantastic question. I'm very grateful you've asked that question. Because I've lived a life of uncertainty for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. year I get an MRI scan and I don't know how long I live. I don't know whether I'll be alive next year. I'm always fighting. Like I've got three cancers right now that I'm noticing. They're growing really fast. I've had so many battles. I've always got battles going on. So how do I continue mm-hmm. moving yeah. on? And obviously I shift my focus to saying, well, that's God's business. I'm going to focus on what I can control. I'm going to focus yeah. on my life. I'm going to focus on what I can do. Yes. So, you know, that's key. And, and so right now, we all go through this stage. Like for me as a business owner, I always get to a certain point where I hit this ceiling of comfort called, oh, I'm wealthy enough. I don't need any more money. I'm fine. Yeah. And then, and then or, or weight goal, since we're talking about weight. Yeah. Oh, I finally sure. achieved my goal. I'm comfortable yeah. now. I'm done. No, you still need to put in the work. No, you still need to eat well. Yeah. It's a constant yeah. journey. It's the same thing with business. Just because I've achieved that financial goal, have a money. We always make this mistake. We all equate being rich and wealthy solves all our lives' problems, but we don't realize, mm-hmm. as you would know, that no, no, money just solves housing, cars, and all this yeah, kind of problem. Exactly. But there yeah. is life problems as well, and those life problems is love, relationship fulfillment, mm-hmm. satisfaction and stuff. So know one thing to get back full circle made your question. There is no growth in status quo. Zero. Mm. I like that. You ain't growing in status quo. And, yeah. and a tree cannot survive in the nature if it ain't growing. And our souls and our oh, lives ain't growing, ain't surviving. We need to grow. We need to contribute in this world. We want to make our lives matter and count in some way. And that can only happen when we constantly push ourselves out of this boundary. The only reason we get stuck in status quo, there's only one reason. It's our brains choose to be lazy. Our brains want to conserve our energy. And because they want to conserve our energy and patterns get formed, it wants to stick to those. That's a very good point. It, it really is. You know, even uh, one of my favorite quotes is the last person in the race beats the person on the couch. So when we do <laughs> something, we compare it ourselves to other people or don't. The point is, is that if we do something a little bit more than we did, then all of a sudden we're the, maybe the last person in the race, but we're in the race. We're not on the couch. And so it's the same concept in life is when we want something different or just even thinking something. So a thought leads to actions, actions leads to, to habits. 
And so a thought, if you have a thought, well, maybe think on that thought a little bit more if you want change. What, what would that look like? Let me dream about that. So if I were to uh, be successful over here, what would that look like? And so when you start to dream, that thought starts to change those patterns. It starts to be like, huh, maybe that's a possibility. And then that possibility then turns into actions and then repetitive action turns to habits and habits turn into lifestyle. So it's it's important to realize that sometimes people are like, well, James, I, I can't move. I'm, I'm immobile. Okay, you might be immobile, but your brain's not immobile. So what can you do with that with your brain? And so the concept of just dreaming and thinking starts the process of how you go from the status quo in life to move in your life to your version of whatever it looks like to move to move forward in your life. And I, and I love the fact that we all have our dreams. We all have our goals and desires. At the end of the day, you must recognize we're not getting out of here alive. And your yeah. dreams, <laughs> your goals yeah. are no good six foot under the ground when you're, when you're dead to no one. And so yes. honestly, just by you applying yourself by your true deepest heart's desire, the world is better off. You're better off. The community is better off. And stop thinking you've got to be number one all the time. Just be okay to do your best. Be okay to say, I'm going to apply myself. I'm going to learn as much as I can to make a better and better choice to know that along the way, over the year, I'm going to get better. These patterns are going to form. I'm going to refine certain skills. I'm going to gain yeah. new distinctions. I'm going to fail. I'm going to get up. I'll get better. I'll do it again and again. You have a tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's the first start, you know? I love that. Unfortunately, Chris, our time is up. You and I could literally talk all day. Chris Jankolowski, if my viewers and listeners want to find more information about you and to purchase your book, Near Death Lessons, A Dream, A Terminal Illness, and Extraordinary Life Gained from Eight Near Death Experiences, where will they find all this information online? Here's this awesome, awesome book, guys. Six years in the making. Go to neardeathlessons.com. It's not near-death experience. It's near-death lessons. Okay, uh, you can sign up. I'll give you a, a free gift to, 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 to learn about the 10 mistakes you can make that can prevent you from living life to the fullest. Wonderful. Well, my viewers and listeners also know that if they can't find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes to jamesmillerlifeology.com and I'll link you with Chris Jankulowski and his book, Once More Time, Near-Death Lessons, A Dream, A Terminal Illness, and Extraordinary Life Gained from Eight Near-Death Experiences. Chris, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on the show today. Awesome. Thank you, James, for having me over. It's been a pleasure. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.